Hey, this is Jason Robinson, the pastor of Church of the King, and I'm so pumped up that you're hanging out with us with our podcast today. I pray that God really speaks to you and that you're encouraged and inspired to live your life with everything you have for Him. Hey, I want to encourage you to check us out over at cotk.org. You can go there and learn all kinds of things about us and when our service times are. And speaking of our service times, I would love to invite you so that I could actually meet you personally on one of our weekend services. I promise you, your kids will love it. You'll have a great time and you'll have a blast. I pray today that God speaks to you through this word. God bless you. Well, good morning, Church of the King. It's so good to be with all of you guys. If it is your first time here, my name's Jason Robinson, my wife and I, uh, Stephanie right over here. We have the privilege of being the pastors here at the church. And so I trust you guys had a great weekend. You had a great week. I got back last night at 9.45 at night from chaperoning a senior trip with my son, with a bunch of 18-year-old boys that they put in my room. I needed Jesus this week, y'all. Come on, I did, but he was faithful. So I, I do need to take a moment. Man, what great worship was that, huh? Wasn't that just awesome what God did? And uh, that was Courtney. They've been coming to the church for a little while now. So it started coming during the pandemic whenever we're on Saturday nights we're having service and uh, man just uh, what a great great time what a great time Tavarius uh, you're doing such a phenomenal job leading our team and leading our church in worship can we give it up for Tavarius Caress, we love you guys just so 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 grateful so Josh talked about next steps so you guys already know about that but I do want to take a moment and I asked Josh that Josh I want this one all right uh, men all right where's my men if I hear if you're a man in here let me hear you grunt go uh, any men in the house all right, good. That, that sounded really good, all right? There's any men here. We have a men's night tonight. We do an annual men's night usually in, in February, but because we just had moved into the facility, our building, and we're getting our feet underneath us, uh, we moved it to a little bit later. And so it's tonight, okay, from 6 to 9 o'clock. Let me explain it to you, men, so you're not surprised by anything. You know exactly what the flow is, all right? So we want all you guys to show up at 6, and from 6 to about 6.30, 6.45, somewhere in there, we're just going to hang out, man. We're going to have drinks here for you. We're going to have uh, also, uh, I think, I don't know if we have coffee or not. We shouldn't have coffee for you. I'll just make that call right now. Uh, but we'll have all kinds of fun stuff for you, you know, cornhole. Right out there, that, that one thing that's blocked and y'all don't know what it is, well, I'll just tell you what it is. It's one of those punching bag things that when you punch it, it records how hard you punched. Now, all you men are going to act cool, but we know what you're thinking. You're like, Pastor, I'll break that machine. Come on, I know you know. You, I mean, you may be 47 in here, but you think you can break that machine, all right? So, well, your, your moment is tonight, all right? We have that, a bunch of other things that are fun. Then we'll have a, we'll have a service together. We'll have a couple of songs of worship and have a, a message for you as well. And then after that, we'll have food trucks that are here, uh, two separate food trucks. I believe it's Mexican and barbecue is what we'll have. And then uh, and it's totally free. Okay, church is paying for it, put it on, on because we want, we want to create an environment for our men to come and get connected, all right? If you have a son in, in there, okay, if he's if at junior high, high school, we, and bring them, bring them, because we want them to see what it's like to be in a room, a bunch of men worshiping God together and connect with one another. That's a powerful thing, okay? So we want to see it tonight, all right? Okay, I took a second, but we're there, all right? By the way, if it's your first time here, if you say amen, I preach faster, all right? If you say amen often. So don't be too excited about it, all right? All right, anyway. Hey, if you have your Bible, open up to John chapter 20. I'm going to go there in, in just a moment, but 
We're right in the middle of two very important times in the world of fallen Christ. And if you're a Christian, there's two major, major moments that you've probably been a part of celebrating at one moment or, or not. Last Sunday was Easter. And so we all, we all know that. By the way, I want to hear a great testimony about Easter. So we had a phenomenal Easter. Um, two things. One is we, see, we saw 60 people total come to Christ for the first time ever. Come on, we give Lord a hand for that. But 55 adults and five kids in the back gave their hearts to Christ. It's just awesome. And we learned that we need more services next year because we were just packing out the services. And it's, it was a good problem to have this, uh, this past one. But then in a couple weeks from now, we will celebrate. And if you've been in church, you've probably heard this before. Pentecost Sunday. So we have Easter Sunday and Pentecost Sunday all within a certain period of time. And so as I was praying, getting ready uh, for this week coming up and getting ready, I, I, I just had a simple question I was thinking. I was just thinking like, well, those are such two major moments. One where Jesus rose from the grave, but why didn't Jesus just say, okay, I rose from the grave. Hey, y'all look, I'm alive and leave. Why did he hang out for a while? Like, what was he doing in the middle? What was he setting in order that would get the disciples in a position that Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, could come and the birth of the church would be started? What, what, what was that? And so as I start, began to pray about that and, and, and begin to study in Scripture, there's not a lot. There's some stories. There's a couple chapters of what Jesus did in the in-between. And I want to talk today. This is, what do you do when you're in the in-between? Huge moment, Easter. Another huge moment, Pentecost. But what was going on in the in-between that made Pentecost possible? So I'm talking about what do, you, what do you do when you're in the in-between of life? Now, let me give you a little vision for where we're heading for as a church so you know what's coming up. So this week, I'm doing a standalone on this, standalone message. Then next week, we're going to do a family series. We'll do a family series that leads all the way into Mother's Day. Okay, and so we're calling it this. We're calling it my crazy family. All right, because there's hardly anybody I've ever talked to, and they don't at some point say, "Pastor, my family crazy." All right, so and we actually have a little promo to show y'all real quick. Do y'all have that ready to go? Why don't y'all show everybody just a little promo for our my crazy family coming up? So one last time, I need to be the one who takes the Skiddly down, 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 down. Okay, let's go. So next Sunday, we'll be talking about my crazy family. And then after Mother's Day, we get to Pentecost Sunday. And that's when the Holy Spirit came in Acts 1 and 2, we see. And we're, I'm going to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. We hear a lot about God the Father, God the, God the Son, but we don't always hear a lot about what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. And by the way, there's a lot 
a lot, lot, lot. And a lot of people avoid the subject. We're gonna dive right into it. And I wanna show you how the Holy Spirit and what his role is in our life today and how we can be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we really need it to live a victorious life. So we're gonna do that for a few weeks as well. So all that going on. But, but today I wanna talk to you about the in-between. Because see, in life, there's two calls. There's a call where God gives you a picture of a future that he wants for you. That, that there's a call that says, hey, Jason, I want you to do X. I want you to do this. And he gives you a picture of what you have. It's actually, it's vision. Vision is, is a picture of a preferable future for you. That, that's what a vision is. But that's the first call. But then there's a second call that is the call that actually says, okay, it's time to go. It's time for you to do that thing. And it's time for me to promote you into what I have for you. Now, the issue isn't the beginning and it isn't the end. The challenge is the, the in-between, the in-between. We have the call first off. That the, the call is seeing that picture. Maybe you're here and the truth is you don't really have a picture of a better future. You've just gone through the mundane motions and you're just worried about paying the bills and worry about this and worry about that. And the bottom line is, is you don't really have that picture of the future. Let me tell you what the Bible says about that. It says in Proverbs 29, it says, without vision, the people perish. One version says, the people cast off restraint. They quit caring. So in other words, when I don't have vision, when I don't have some, a big yes to say to, like, that's the goal, that's where we're heading, I'm saying yes to that. When I don't have a big yes to say towards something, I'll say yes to all the little things. In other words, this is the way I like to say it is, it's not that temptation may be that strong. It might be that your vision is that weak. Because many of us give in to temptation, not because we just want to give in to temptation. It's because we're not fighting for something bigger for our lives. Students, students, want vision for your life is the greatest culprit that'll keep, keep you away from the things of God. It's because you need to see something to run after. So there, there, there's the call that God gives you. And, and I want to encourage you, if you're here and you like to just, I'm going to be honest with you, Pastor, I don't, I don't have a lot of vision for the future. I don't, you talk about this call, this picture that God has, that, that, that that's what I see for my future. That's what I see for my family. That's what I see for my finances, for my relationship with the Lord, my kids. I don't really have that. All you have to do is ask God for it. Say, God, give me a picture of what you have. That's why nights like tonight, men's night, are so critically important. Because you get around other men, you start talking, you get in a worship setting, you, you hear a message, all these things. It, it sparks something, it ignites something in you that says, you know, I want that for my life. I want that for my, for my future. And so it's, it's vision. So there's the call, but then there's the call to go. There's the call that says, hey, it's, it's now time to move into what God has for you. This building would be a perfect example. God gave us a vision for this place years ago. And then we'd moved in December 6th and we've been enjoying all the fruit that God has given us because of that. But there was a whole lot of in-between before we got there. I got a picture that if you've been around, I've shown this a couple times in our church, but we have so many new people, I thought it'd be fun just to show you that this picture makes a lot of sense to a lot of people in here right now. It's your plan then the reality of really happens. Now, I'm not trying to discourage you by showing you the reality, but I want to show it to you because many times the things that we think are detours are actually development that God wants to do in us. So what was Jesus doing in the in-between? 
Okay, we had this great moment. This was the triumph. It was over, right? Done. Sin's defeated. Yes. But he had to put some things in place. He had to do some things that they would be ready for when Pentecost would come. And that's what I want to dive into. There's not a ton of scripture that shows that there's some in John chapter 21 and John chapter 22 is, is what we're really going to dive into today to see what was going on. And what I want to show you is what are the principles? What's the principles of what, what is God doing and what is our response? What is God doing and what is our response in the in-between? Some of you are in the in-betweens of life. You're in the in-between of what to do now. Like, well, I had this, I thought that, and, but I'm not there yet. And so that's what we're going to look at in Scripture. Let's jump right into John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. It says this, On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Now remember, Jesus died, rose again, but they didn't know it yet. And the Jewish disciples were they were nervous. They were terrified. Why? Because they came and got Jesus. They're probably going to come and get us. And so he came in and said, peace be with you. After he said that, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord again. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, their sins are not forgiven. So here it is. He shows up on the scene. And we see in a couple different spots in Scripture, also in, in Luke 24, where he shows up on the scene, just unannounced, boom, there he is. But what's the principle? They're in limbo. What do we do? We thought all this was going to happen. And we thought his kingdom was going to come. What do we do in, in, the, in between? Principle one is this, that we just read. We need to know that Jesus, he is with you. So move forward in confidence. When you're in the in-between, what do I do? He is with you so you can move forward in confidence. These disciples, they're the same ones that when Jesus needed them the most, they ran, they denied. Then just a little bit over a month later, they're the same ones in Acts chapter two that are standing before everyone and say, Jesus Christ, the one you crucified. Where in the world did that boldness come from? It came from they knew Jesus was who he said he was and they can move forward with confidence because he is. We have a vision, our vision statement here at Church of the King. And it's more of a statement. It's what we do. It's how we live. It's this reaching people and building lives. Reaching people and building lives. And it comes out of Matthew 28. In Matthew 28, it's where Jesus is ascending to heaven. He says this, go into all the world and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I usually stop right there, but I probably shouldn't because he says something right after that that makes all the difference in the world. Think about what he was asking. He said, hey, uh, so I know y'all are scared. I know like I had to just show up on the scene because y'all were hiding and running, but here's my commandment to y'all. Go into the whole world and tell them about me. Whole world, we're like scared right now. We're running. 
But what gave him the confidence? It was what he said after that. Go into all the world, make disciples of every nation, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then Matthew 28, 20 says this, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What gave them the confidence was not that they were awesome, it's that he was awesome. And he's saying, I'm with you. See, what gave him the confidence to go was the low, as that scripture says. I am with you always. So move forward in confidence. Move forward knowing that I am with you. Makes me think of when I was a teenager and growing up in church. And talking about God is with you, so move forward in confidence. And I haven't shared this story in quite a while, but I knew I was called to be a youth pastor. I couldn't, can't explain it, but about 15 years old, I just felt this so strong. It's like God's called me to be a pastor, and specifically a youth pastor at the time. And man, I was excited about it, fired up about it, but I didn't know how, how to go about it. Now, there wasn't such a clear path as there is now. Hey, you go to Bible college, you do these things, you send out resumes. That wasn't kind of the process. And so I'm 18, 19 years old, so about 19 years old, and I know God's called me to be a youth pastor. And I'm praying about where? Now, I, I was born in New Orleans. Now, now, there's New Orleans. I lived in a suburb of New Orleans that was north of it. And then there's this huge lake called Lake Pontchartrain that has a 24-mile bridge on it. So what they would call in that area locally is if you lived on the north side of that big lake, they called it the North Shore. And if you lived on the south side, they called it the South Shore. And so here I am, I'm 19 years old. I feel like the Lord's poured on my heart to be a student pastor. I'm living on the North Shore and I'm praying and I feel like the Lord says, look to the South Shore. I have an opportunity for you in the South Shore. I didn't know anybody on the South Shore. I didn't know anything. So, but this is what I did know. I grew up Assemblies of God and so we would go to these camps and they had this guy who was the state director of the Assembly of God. His name was Gary Sapp was his name. And so I called up Gary Sapp and I said, hey, I, I want to be a youth pastor, so what do I do? Now, I'm 19, okay? Just graduated a year after high school. And he goes, well, why don't you do this? Put a resume together and send it to me. I said, okay. So I went to my computer that was about as big as this whole back wall back in the 90s. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, you know, you go to, you go to download a picture and it's... And it takes three and a half hours to download a picture. You go make a sandwich, take a nap. You know what I'm talking about? All the students under 20 in here, they're like, if they have to wait three seconds, they're like, mom, the Wi-Fi's out. Y'all don't know the struggle. You think you know the struggle. You don't know the struggle, all right? So I go to this computer and I put together this resume. To this day, I wish I would have kept that resume. What in the world at 19 years old could have been on that resume? I don't know what I could have put on there. I'm great. I don't know. What do you put? And so, 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 so I, I take it, I put it all together, and I go to put it in this ancient artifact. You probably never heard it before if you're under 20 here. It's called a mailbox, all right? I went to put it in a mailbox, all right? There was no scan, email, I put it in a mailbox. And so I go to put this in the mailbox, my resume, and all of a sudden, as I go to put it in, I feel just woof in my heart. Do not put that in the mailbox. I'm going to show you it's me. I felt like the Lord spoke that to my heart. Do not put it in that mailbox. I'm going to show it. That's me. I go inside and I still got, still got the mail. And my dad's like, well, did you, aren't you going to put it in the mailbox? I'm like, no. And he got mad at me. He's like, Jason, God uses people. 
you need to do these things. I said, Dad, I understand that. And I'm with you. But I'm just telling you, I felt so strong. God said, I'm with you. I'm with you. Watch what I'll do. Now, I'd like to tell you the next week this happened or the next day this happened. Months and months down the road. I don't think it made it quite a year, but it was pretty close. Months down the road, I go to this thing called a youth convention that we would go to every year, once a year, and there'd about six, 7,000 teenagers at this place in Alexandria. And after the service, they would rent out the mall. And so I'm at this mall, and I'm walking around with 7,000 other teenagers, and this man, just out of nowhere, walks up to me at the food court and goes, is your name Jason? Yes, sir. He goes, I was standing over there. This is all I was doing. I was serving in my youth group and I was helping lead worship at our church. That's what I did. And he goes, I was over there. And when you walk by, I felt in my heart like God said, that's your youth pastor you've been looking for. And my church and I, we've been praying for a youth pastor that can also help us lead worship. And I wonder if you're interested. I was like. And I said, well, I just have one question, like, uh, like where, where are you a pastor at? Because, you know, I, I envision, like, you know, I listen, nothing wrong with it, but I, I, I don't want to be in the stick somewhere, and there's this barn and 30 people there, and they're sitting around the hay, and they're, all my life I have faithful. It's cool, just one for me, all right? Just one for me. And so he goes, I'm a pastor on the South Shore. And I wondered, would you come and be our youth pastor? And I said, well, let me pray about it. Yes. <laughs> and guess who that pastor is now? He's now my father-in-law, Poppy. That's the man who came up to me and said that. Oh, wasn't that sweet? Like, oh. All the ladies like, oh. All the, all the men like, get on with the story, pastor, all right? So anyway, so, no, so, so what was it? This was God's idea. And he was with me and he was telling me, hey, be confident because I'm with you. Hebrews 10, 35 says this. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. See, I don't walk around, though, with confidence like, look at me. I, I walk around and say, look how great God is and he is with us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? I'm not great. He's great. And he's with us. That's why wherever you are, your school, your work, wherever you are, you work out, whatever it may be, I don't hope you make a difference for Jesus. I expect you to make a, a difference with Jesus. Why? Because he lives in you. And if he's for you, who can be against you? And he is with you. What do you do in the in-between? He's with you. So keep moving forward in confidence. Second is this. Verse 24 and 29, John chapter 20. Now Thomas, now Thomas, now, now if you've been around church stuff, not, don't worry about it, but if you've been around church at all, I'm going to say this, we don't just call him Thomas, do we? We call him Doubting Thomas, okay? We call him Doubting Thomas. Let me tell you about Doubting Thomas, all right? Now Thomas, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. He wasn't there. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord, but he said to them, Please, not exactly. He said, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. 
Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands, reach out your hands and put it on my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. First principle of the in-between. You find yourself in the in-between today. First principle is you need to know that he is with you so you can move forward in confidence. Second principle you need to know is that he called you. This was his idea, so stay the course. See, doubt's gonna come, and it's going to try to throw you off. And in the moments of darkness is when we find out what you truly believe. Can I tell you, 2020 gave us a gift in a lot of ways. It gave us a gift to see what people really believe. Because when the pressure came, it really came down to what's going on. We found out who was who and what was what. And a lot that was hidden was now out in the open. And what we find out through this, we find out when the rubber meets the road and the darkness comes, where do you stand and what do you believe? See, when God gives a great call, but you're living life in between the calls. You're living life in between the vision of what you see and where you really are. In those moments, it's easy to get doubtful. It's easy to try to do a detour. God, yeah, I know you, pray, you have a plan, Lord, but I have a plan. Lord, uh, I know you said that, but I'm not really seeing it in the way I thought I would see it or the way I would like to see it, so I'm gonna try something else. And doubt can come and set in. And we gotta be careful when doubt sets in, it's easy for cynicism to set in. I, I, I say that because I gotta be honest with you, that's my sin. That's where I struggle. When I'm in between the moments and I'm in walking through the valley of the shadow of death and I'm figuring things out, I gotta be careful because I can get, I can get cynical about the thing that I said, thought was my promise. That's just stupid. Well, I didn't really want that anyway. And start lying to myself and saying things to myself. It's kind of like, y'all heard me say this before, just joking around. That's why it's like, I, I, I'd say I don't like things that I'm not good at. That's why I say I hate golf. I do. A bunch of y'all watching the Masters right now? Masters is stupid. <laughs> golf is stupid. It's not really stupid. I tried to play it, and I'm terrible. And because I'm terrible, therefore it's stupid. But that's what a lot of us think. And, and you know, this is hard, this is difficult, well, that's stupid. I'm gonna go back for a second and go back into when I went into ministry for, just to drive this point home. He called you, stay the course. You're gonna wanna get off the course, stay the course, stay faithful, stay believing. So I said I didn't put the mail in and it was many months after. Now, I was working construction with my dad. My dad was a construction worker, and I was a helper. If you don't know what a helper in construction is, that means all the stuff that everybody hates and they don't want to do, that's you, baby. You're doing it. That's what that is, okay? And so, and if any of y'all heard any of my story, been around church for any amount of time, you know how much I hate construction. If I have to put up curtains, I have to pray through and fast and ask the Lord to help. My wife doesn't even like to ask me to do stuff. Hey, man, this isn't, this, babe, this is broke. I, I know, I didn't want to tell you. I'm like, call somebody. She's like, we can save a lot of money. Call somebody. 
Which is more important, you know, the, the curtains of my salvation, which one? And so I'm doing construction with my dad, so I'm hating life in the moment, okay? And so here I am, and I talked about how I lived on the North Shore and went to the South Shore. Now that bridge, we would go across that bridge. I had to be up at 4.30 every morning so that we can get on a bridge and get there in, in time for work. And I would lay in the back because I would be tired. And I would lay in the back, and, and they had these bumps, and it was like, it was like, that's the call. It is. Anybody that's ever driven it, you know it's. So I'd lay in the back. 18, 19 years old, going to do construction. Now, here's the problem with that. All growing up as a teenager, all anyone ever told me, from pastors to leaders to everybody, God's got a great plan and purpose for your life, Jason. God's going to do amazing things with your life. One day you'll preach in front of people and see lives change. It's going to be awesome. And you know what you do as a helper? Come on, Jake. You help me with this one. Hey, you see that wood all right here, Jason? I need you to move all this wood over here. Then by the end of the day, now the wood over here is in the way, right, Jake? So I need you to take that wood and put it back over here. So here I am. You're going to do great things with your life, Jason. Lives will be changed forever in Jesus' name. Ain't nobody getting saved except this wood right now. And the truth is, I don't want it saved. I hope it goes to hell. I was in those moments. And I remember being one time riding in the back of the, here I am, 19 years old. And I'm yelling. I'm crying and I'm yelling. I'm yelling because nobody can hear me. I'm on the bridge. And this, I said, God, finish what you started. I remember saying that. God, finish what you started. Hey, by the way, if you're struggling and you got something rising, you can tell God he can handle it. He can handle it. And I said, God, all these things, all these things I'm going to do. What? Well, I was stuck in the end, in between. But stay the course. He called you. Let me go back to Doubting Thomas. I'll go to my last point. You remember Doubting Thomas? Come on, Doubting Thomas, Doubting Thomas. Do you know the rest of the story? Most people don't know the rest of the story of Doubting Thomas. History shows it. Thomas is the one who actually went to India. As they were all dispersed, he went to India. And now if you go to India, you won't see, you'll see, you'll see different temples and you'll see all kinds of different, I actually have one I want to show you guys. I, I pulled up on the screen for you. That's a picture of Tom, Thomas right there. And, and Thomas is revered in India. He's not known as Doubting Thomas. He's known as Saint Thomas in India. Because after all that happened, that's where he went. And so the story show, tells that when he goes to, right into India, he looked and he saw that there were these Hindu priests that were all in the water. And they were doing ceremonial cleansing at the time, and they were washing themselves. And so Thomas walked right out into the water where all the Hindu priests were. And he goes there and he says, he starts telling them about Jesus is the one true God. 
Because as Hindu, they believe there's thousands and thousands of God, but it all falls under Brahma, which is their main God, is what they believe. And like, no, 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 Brahma's not God. Jesus is the one true God, there's only one. And he even said this, he said, how about this? I'm gonna throw water up in the air, and if it suspends in the air right there, will that be proof of enough for you to believe that this Jesus I'm talking about is the one true God? And they said, yes. So he took the water, threw it in the air, and it suspended and stayed in the air. Those priests all gave their hearts to Jesus that day, and that began the revival that broke all throughout India, and that's how the gospel got to India. So the same doubting Thomas that God called from the beginning, who could have just said, I'm done, in the time of doubt, because he didn't, a nation the gospel came to. Don't give up in your time of doubt. Who knows whose destiny will be changed forever because you said yes when it was hard. And you stayed the course. And you knew that he was with you, so you moved together and you moved with confidence. He's with you. So move in confidence. He called you, so stay the course. And the final principle of what do we do in the in-between? If you're in the in-between, what do I do? He restores you. So when you fall, get up. He restores you. So when you fall, I didn't say if you fall, because we all will fall. Get up and keep going. Some of you may even walk in the door today with shame, with some shame on you. I want you to know the world comes and says shame on you, but Jesus came to say shame off of you. He died for you to say shame off of you. When you fall, get up. And it's the story, a famous one, of Jesus and Peter. Yes, the same Peter who denied Jesus three times. And here's his account. Now, here's the interesting thing. Peter denied him three times. So Jesus asked him, do you love me? And restored him back three times. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? That was the first one. Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. See, he was restoring him, calling him back. I know what I called you for. Get back in the game. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep, second time. And then the third time, he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him for the third time, he said, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. See, from Easter to Pentecost, is the in-between. And he needed, needed his disciples to know, I'm with you. You can move in confidence. I'm the one who called you. The Bible says that you didn't choose me, but I chose you. So, stay the course. And finally, hey, I, and I restore you. You're gonna mess up. And when you do mess up, get up and keep moving forward. Some of you, I came here today 
to encourage you. Because when doubt sets in, disillusionment comes like it did with Peter. And whenever that comes and that doubt comes, let me tell you what happens. What happens is the same thing that was happening to Peter. We often go back to what's comfortable. And some of us, you're living in insecurity and you're living in things you were never meant to live in, but you've lived in it for so long that you're more comfortable in bondage than you are free. Because you don't know what life looks like free. And I want you to know that God sent me here to tell you, it doesn't matter if you fall, get up, continue to move forward. Because this is a scripture that I love and that I've claimed over and over and over. It's that he, be confident, that's that word again, be confident in this thing. You can be confident in a lot of things, but be confident in this, that he who began a good work in you, he will be faithful to complete it. He is working on your destiny harder than you are. He's working on the calling that he put out for you harder than you and I are. And when we're even avoiding, he's taking it and he's moving it all back around to get us right to where he wants us. God has this crazy way of getting you right where he wants you. And some of you may have came here today for multiple reasons. You came here because God wanted you here. And he wanted you to hear you're in the in-between. But hey, walk in confidence. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, I don't know about this. I don't know. Stay the course. Don't try to detour. Stay the course. Stay the course. But I messed up. God, I fell. I did. That's okay. Get up. Keep moving forward. Get up. Keep moving forward. Because I am with you. I've called you. And some of you in between the calls, you've thought about backing away and backing out and going back to Egypt and going back to the old thing and going back to the old way and going back to being a fisherman like Peter was. All these things, well, I'll just go back to this. I'll go back. No, no, no. It's worth fighting for. Who knows if India being unlocked for the kingdom is on the other side? Who knows? Always remember this. Somebody's salvation, freedom, whatever it may be, is many times on the other side of our obedience. Who knows whose breakthrough is on the other side of your obedience? Let's say yes. Amen? Hey, why don't you guys stand? I'm gonna pray for you let you go. As always, when service is over in this back left corner, we'll have a prayer team here. We'll pray for you anything you need, whatever it may be. We're happy to pray for you. Also want to encourage you guys at, 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 uh, in just about 15 minutes after the service, we'll get started with uh, the next steps classes. But man, I want to see you tonight, tonight at six, okay? You don't want to miss it. You want to be here. It's going to be a great, great night of fellowship with, with, with your brothers. But let me pray for you. But before I do that, though, let me just ask this question. How many of you would be just bold enough just to say, Pastor Jay, I'm in the in-between. Would you just pray for me? I, I'm in the in-between right now. All those things you're talking about, I get it because I'm right there. I mean, anybody willing to say, I'm, I'm in the in-between, pray for me, pray for me. Bunch of us, bunch of us. Father, I just come right now. I thank you for everyone here. God, I thank you for everyone that's bold enough to say, I'm in the in-between. I'm, I'm in between the calls. I'm, I'm trying to navigate it and work it out. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, a spirit of confidence and boldness would come upon them right now. God, I pray right now, Lord Jesus, that they would stay the course. That God, they came in here today and maybe they even came in here thinking I'm, oh, I'm done. I don't know if I can do this anymore. Father, I pray right now that hope would rise in their heart. Faith would rise in their heart right now, Lord Jesus, that you will, you will finish the work you started in them. And maybe some came in here with some shame and guilt. 
I thank you right now, a spirit of restoration just come in this room. You'd lift people up. And God, those who are thinking about quitting, they would get up and run after you, God. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you for your people. I bless them right now, God. Lord, I pray your face would shine upon them, Lord God. And God, I pray that as you turn to them, God, you give them peace in their hearts, in their minds. God, I pray that we'd extend your kingdom in all that we do, that the favor of God would surround us like a shield, God, from the oldest to the youngest in this place, Lord. And Father, that we would go forth and give you glory in all we do. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Can we get the Lord a hand before we go?